This is from Pittsburgh. You were going to have so many friends, Kelly. Quit trying to clip my wings, baby. Well, we hope you're all cheered up. <laughs> Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that's grade four best best. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. What do you want? Lord Peary's shilling? Yeah, what's that in American? I, I have no idea, although at this point I think it'd be a collector's item, that's really. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that Lord Peary, he was quite the looker. <laughs> I mean, he was. <laughs> Hello, cousins. Hi. Welcome. To our recap of Titanic BS episode three, mm-hmm. which is entitled "Good Man Gone." Is that like Black Hawk Down? Um, in that it consists of three words. Yes. Where's Ewan McGregor? That's what everybody wants to know, Kelly. Where is he? He was just in that you know, white people are better than you. Movie. He's riding around on motorcycles with his heterosexual life partner. Oh, I forgot that that happened. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, uh, you McGregor, way to be all Oscar Wilde about things. Yeah, I mean, it's probably happening right now. It probably is. He's in Scotland. It's if it's, I had a it's motorcycle light out all day and a hetero life partner. Right. I would probably be riding around on motorcycles with her all day. Well, Kelly, wear a helmet. I will. And that goes for you, too, cousin. That's right. So uh, we are dispensing today with any country updates or telegrams from our cousins because we're actually recording this a bit early. That's correct. uh, Because I, Kelly, am currently in New York City (laughs) while you're listening to this. (laughs) That's right. That's where I am. Probably just met up with some of you. It's very possible. Most likely. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to be traveling for about three weeks, so we had to hurry up and get this in the can mm-hmm. so that we wouldn't have to force you to sit through another delay, That's which we right. do apologize We for. do, yes. But we're getting this one way early, and, and I don't want to brag, but we are less prepared for this podcast than any previous one, so... I feel perfectly prepared! <laughs> what else is to prepare? This was a gut-wrenching emotional roller coaster. It was a gut-wrenching emotional roller coaster. No, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because we just watched the episode and we're going right into it. Yeah. Like, usually there's some whatever, but we're we're diving right in. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's exciting. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling very raw. Uh, well, yeah. it A lot happens in this a episode. A lot happens in, the, in this episode. So, let's just jump right in. Let's do it. Uh, we start out in a depressing room. It is, uh, you know, fairly bleak, but to be fair, clearly like, you know, clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mir is taking his dad into it and saying, here, I got you this non-hovel. Yeah. Please stay here and don't get eaten by vermin. His dad has a bit of a funny. He, well, because uh, Muir is like, oh, you know, definitely less cockroaches than your old place. And his dad's like, we didn't have any cockroaches. And you're like, ugh. Why are poor people like that? But <laughs> right. then he's like, the rats ate them all. <laughs> oh, look, at, look at that poor person still be happy. Uh, and I just wrote, I miss Monsieur Leclerc. <laughs> I think I think I just said something in a French accent. and Oh, no, it was during the longest credit sequence of all time. The credit, the sequence, credit sequence is very long. It's oppressively long. Yes. It's as long as the Titanic took to sink. <laughs> yeah, it's quite long. Well, it's, you know, because I, I, you know, I'm always editing uh, part of the credits music mm-hmm. into our opening titles. And Mr. Selfridge was, like, so short that 
you know, basically the whole thing was in there. And yeah. this is like at least three times as long. This is the Titanic BS suite. <laughs> it is. And it is, it is lush. My point is there is no one so panty-droppingly attractive <laughs> as Monsieur Leclerc on this show. Well, that and is... And the show suffers. That, to be fair, that's a high bar to clear. It is a high bar to clear. I mean, what... What show, what other show has anybody at that, that level? That is that hot? hmm Game of Thrones has Jamie Lannister, but he's, like, filthy. Right. For most of the time. Right. Plus, you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, anybody else who's that attractive on TV? Yeah. They usually keep the hot people for the movies. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Which, uh, isn't he, what's he doing? He's doing something now. Is Who? he? Oh, he's from World War Z, right? Monsieur Leclerc? Yeah. yeah. See, you know, he's, he's made his move. He has. He's... I mean, he's making his move. Right. I mean, I'm sure he starred in films in France. Well, we've all starred in films in France, Kelly. <laughs> I haven't. Yeah, I know. Wait, how come everybody else got to do this? <laughs> was I sick that day? <laughs> Possibly so. It was, <sighs> it was Bastille Day. I miss everything fun. That's true. Uh, I was at a comedy show the other night, sidebar, okay. and there were some people there who were like on a date, and they were like, we met at a Bastille Day party yesterday. And I was like, oh, so you agree with the financial policies of Monsieur Jacques Necker? <laughs> like, what the shit? <laughs> no, they just uh, prefer, you know, they are supporters of ruthlessly executing all those who you perceive to be opposed to your political ideas. That was my question. Right. I was like, I hope you're at least from France. Right. They're not. No. They ver- yeah. <laughs> Look, I I have not heard this anecdote before and did not see these people, but I'm here to tell you that that was the hipsterest Bastille Day party ever. It was, man. They probably had little like toothpick French flag flags and like a baguette. Yeah. You know, and like creme brulee, like whatever. Yeah. Like if you're going to have a real Bastille Day party, everybody should just pretend to be one of the seven criminals that they freed <laughs> that day. Right. Uh, anyway, that's my spiel about Bastille Day parties. My best spiel, <laughs> if you care to call it that. Anyway, credit sequence. We're, we're back in this room. We're back in this room. So, yes. uh, Dadmir. Uh-huh. Dadmir? Can we call him that? I've just been calling him Dad. All right. Yeah. Dad. Dad is like, oh, man, this is so fancy. And I just wanted to, like, kick Mira and be like, you should have seen the last place he was at. <laughs> it was so nice and it wasn't beige. Yeah. But, yeah, things seem things seem fine. And Mira's like, hey, you know, do you need anything? I'm going to go to work. And his dad's and like, then, no. Then I'm going to head back to the, you know, palatial house I live in. Uh, but, you know, have fun here while no, I'm no, gone. No, 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 yeah. He doesn't live in a palatial house. It's Yeah, I guess that's he true. He just hangs out at Kitty's all the time. Yeah, no, you're right. He lives it's with confusing. those middle class people. Yeah. Who don't have any money. You and know, therefore they can't have kippers or whatever. We'll come back to this when we get to Mr. Hatton later. It's a different person. You think Mr. Hatton is the same as that guy, but they're different people, I think. Well, who's... But he's staying with Mrs. Hatton. Right. I think, listen, we'll get there later. Yes. I, I just think that there's a lot of people in this show who look like other people. And are named Hatton? Wait, was that Mr. Hatton with the beard? There's a lot of beards on this show, too. <laughs> All right, listen. Look. Sorry. Okay, look. <laughs> Cousins, we're sorry you had to witness this. Right. 
So anyway, I'm thinking this is great. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? He's taking care of his dad. He's back in Ireland. This is awesome. I actually turned to Tom and said, (laughs) you know, this is great. You know, I think everything might be okay. You know, he doesn't seem like a drip. Before the word drunk Uh came out of my mouth. (laughs) Dad pulls a bottle and starts pulling on the bottle. And I'm yeah. like, well, shit, I guess we understand why he's so poor now. Yeah. Mark had been out of the room approximately zero seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like, his foot was still in the door. Like, he was just, you know, he just couldn't see him. So. Yeah. Anyway, that is, uh, that's Drunken McDad for you. Yeah. He's got problems. That's, if there's anything we've learned lately, it's that fathers are drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Cousins, are you a father? Are you drunk? Do you know another father who is drunk? If so, we want to hear your story. You know, but only if you feel comfortable sharing. That could be a little personal. Yeah. (laughs) This is not an AA podcast. No. Mark, Mark is out. And on his way down, he stops at the front desk and asks how much for a month. And I'm sort of like, they let you in without getting the financial arrangement sorted out like you know i mean whatever i don't know i don't know how they do in belfast yeah cousins are you from belfast <laughs> yeah. you know someone in belfast in if, 1912 if so we'd like to hear their story about renting month to month <laughs> right <laughs> how's that work they yeah. just give you the key <laughs> oh, we see sophia and anna gunn walking along in some kind of markety looking place you know just sort of the town um belfast and- yeah. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> the but, show know, does only not... have one location, and I do give them props for that. Yeah, but I mean, it's not poor town, you know. Oh, it's, yeah. It's somewhere on their way to work. And anyway, the point is that uh, Anna is, like, pep-talking Sophia. Yeah, like, yeah, don't marry Andrea. Yeah. He sucks. That guy is the worst. Yeah. She's like, you, you would hate him. He'd hate you. You'd be miserable. Best decision you've ever made. He is like if Clive Owen and Zachary Quinto had a baby that had no charm or sexual appeal. Yeah, that's actually quite true. And a tan. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm, I can see that. Thank you. I'm really good at uh, coming up with uh, homosexual uh, <laughs> baby people that grow up. You know, someday when genetic engineering is just something you can learn on the internet, oh, you are going to be great. Those days... It's like becoming a Unitarian minister online. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can just go create celebbaby.com. <laughs> uh, trademark. We just, we're <laughs> buying it right now. Yeah. It's already registered. Back off. <laughs> a subdomain of upyoursdownstairs.com, which we do own, despite the fact that we do not use it. Do we? I think so. Oh, wow. I'm responsible. <laughs> All right. No, great. Someday this might make money. Don't try and take that site, people. <laughs> Extorted by our own cousins. <laughs> we taught you well. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, but Anna Gunn is like, do not freaking marry Andrea. And Sophia's like, I don't know. Maybe I should just let him wear me down. Right. And it's like, did you forget what Jolie Richardson told you last episode? <laughs> like, throw off your shackles, bitch. Yeah. Except she didn't say bitch. Well, she didn't. And also, I mean, it. I... I'm surprised that Sophia is even showing any... Well, she's upset that her dad, like, wants her to do it. And she's like, maybe I should just, like, do it because my dad. Yeah. Who, like, I like her dad way more ever since I found out that he's, like, a big deal in Italy. 
Yeah. Like, before I was like, this is just some bullshit role. Yeah. But now that he's, like, a big deal in Italy, I'm like, maybe it's more complex than that. Well, Because if I he's mean, a big deal in Italy, he's not going to just take some bullshit, you know, tiny role in a dumb, you know, star series. You would think. Although, on the other hand, it's, you know, um, something that's going to be shown in America and not just Italy. That's true. But, I mean, but what I will say is that I've found his performance to be good. And, I've, I mean, I've found him... No, I think he's a really engaging and, performer. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, and plus that once we found out he was a big deal in Italy, it was like that next episode right. was like, hey, like, look what I can, <laughs> look at what I can do. <laughs> Acting is a job, eh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm so sorry to everyone who's Italian. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? You didn't write Julian Fellows' Titanic. That's it's not true. your fault. Yeah, you know what? From now on, let's just blame Julian Fellows for everything. I thought that we already understood that. Oh, I missed that. my bus. Damn you, Baron Fellows! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one was my fault, I'm afraid. You minor lord git. <laughs> uh, so Larkin and McCann, Michael McCann, are out passing out fly- flyers recruiting for the Union as, as they do. And uh, Lord Peary comes by and puts his hand out for a flyer. And Larkin is like, hey there, you filthy capitalist. <laughs> he doesn't give him one. No, he doesn't. Well, because those and, are expensive to print. Well, yeah. God, and also, the city's not even literate. Why are they handing these out? <laughs> it is brought up multiple times in this series that the working class has been prohibited from learning to read. <laughs> Well, maybe on the flip side, it's got, like, those Ikea instructions about forming a union. Uh, We'll be posting those online. Yeah. Share them with your children who can't read. (laughs) But want to join a union. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, Lord Peary is like, am, am I not a working man? And Larkin's like, uh, no, you're not. And yeah, you know it. you're like super, like, I do appreciate the show is smart enough to have a character who's like, come on, like, you're not really in this, dude. Right. Like, you're right. wearing a tuxedo to work. <laughs> you're wearing a top hat, unironically. <laughs> right. You are the Monopoly man. He is. But uh, but he's also well. And look, and he does want to negotiate in good faith. Mm-hmm. And in so far as we all live in a you know society where money is you know the cudgel right. of the oppressor, yeah, uh, he at least has the decency to wrap his in that you know like marabou fur that you make boas out of, <laughs> right. Uh, Michael is walking into the shipyard with Connor uh, and telling him to be like, he's like, listen, this guy likes it uh, short and brief. Don't, Connor don't be all. Connor is such a bad idea. Yeah. Like, his whole family should just poison his, like, beer. Yeah. Because he is so clearly going to get everyone murdered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just, he's, you know, he's bad news. No. We know it. He's awful. We know it. Michael knows it. The army knows it. Yeah, literally only one person doesn't know it, and that's Violetta. And yeah. we'll get there in a second. We will. Well, and his mother, but, you know, it's Oh, his and he was going to go to jail. So the entire, like, society knows it. Yeah. Yeah. In any case, uh, one person who doesn't know it is this guy that's, like, the hiring manager or whatever. Yeah. Um, who they have a little, little interview. Um, and, you know, Connor's like, I don't know anything. 
about shipbuilding. But I was in the army. Right. Which this guy thinks is great. So yeah, he's clearly he was like, a Protestant. Yeah. Yeah. He was like serving your king or whatever. Um, and uh, Connor's like, sure, I love the king. <laughs> right. Uh, wink. <laughs> but fortunately, that guy had his back turned while he was thinking <laughs> and saying wink. Right. He <laughs> he's also hard of hearing. <laughs> <laughs> they should consider a new hiring manager, really. Uh, Michael offers to guarantee his conduct. And I right. was like, Michael, you seem like a smart guy. Yeah. You like, seem like a smart dude. Why are you guaranteeing his conduct? Yeah, like unprompted because it looked like he was going to get the job anyway. Yeah. Like don't just volunteer to guarantee your guess, shit heel brother's yeah, guess conduct. Yeah, bad conduct. Your brother who only joined the army in order to get out of jail and was yeah. dishonorably discharged <laughs> for striking a superior officer. Yeah. I mean, I have no love. For the military, right. like, as a general... Look, and look, I'm not trying to offend anybody in the military. I'm just saying, yeah, on yeah, a yeah. philosophical level, I have issues with it. Uh, but, like, don't... You know, if you're going to join it, you got to play by the rules. You do. And, well, look. I mean, and the thing about it is, like, you're getting him a job. You're, you know, that's, that's totally within your brotherly, like, domain. He's stealing your girlfriend. Right. And so You've just, done enough. Just leave it at that, dude. So yeah, the hiring manager tells him that he will be Connor will be uh, you know, in a probationary period and Connor's like, "Oh, that's it then?" and he's like, "What do you want? Lord Peary's shilling?" What does that even mean? The king's shilling is what you receive when you are sworn into the army and possibly also the police force in Britain. Ah. I know this strictly because of Terry Pratchett. So Barf. Sorry. Fart noise. I, I knew that would upset you. Ooh, but barf. It's the That's true. a new one on the Kelly Anakin excrement <laughs> rating system. That it is. <laughs> I said it about improv earlier today. <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to get this form formalized. Yeah, at I'm some excited. Point. I'm envisioning a chart and some <laughs> examples. This is gonna really take off, everybody. I think it's gonna replace the uh A B C D F system used in most schools, frankly. <laughs> right. K kids, through 12. Yeah, kids respond much more to gross things than they do to, <laughs> you know, boring old letters. You know, little little Johnny comes home from his sixth grade. I got, got straight his... barfs! <laughs> Good for you, son. Those come out the mouth. <laughs> I hope no one's listening to this while they're eating. Well, that's on them. <laughs> I got a poop minus in math. <laughs> Good for you, son. Fart noise is all you need to get into college. <laughs> In uh, the, I think the plastering workshop, sad Andrea is sad. He thought Sophia liked him and is just, I'm, well, I mean, look, you get turned down when the proposal of marriage, look, you're going to be bummed out. That's I understand. Fine. You get dumped, you get you know, not engaged. Like, these are bummer moments. Right. Well, here's the thing that I don't understand. Okay. Uh, Pietro mm -hmm. gives him this whole spiel. He's like, no, no, Sophia's just like her mother. You know, she made everybody feel good and happy. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Sophia is a stone-cold biatch. What I think, here's where I think you're confused. If you're super attractive and don't actively repel people, they're going to convince themselves that you like them. You know what? Actually, I was thinking this whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, 
about this set that I saw this stand-up comedian do, and he was saying this thing. It was very, like, men are like this, women are like this, which generally I hate. But honestly, the more I thought about it, the more (laughs) I think it's true. Because he was just saying, like, listen, women, if you don't want to hook up with a guy, do not be nice. Don't be nice. Because if you're even the least bit nice and make him think that there's even, like, a shred of a chance Mm -hmm. that it'll happen, he will think it's going to happen. And I think that this is true. Yeah. Which is, I think, not a result of evolutionary like right, psychology right. or anything. I just think that's the way that we've been socialized. Right. But uh, so ladies, single ladies, if dudes are bugging you, you need to be like, listen, never. Not going to happen. Right. Last man on earth, where's a chimp? Right. And then, you know, and then like after that, you can be like, okay, did that get through? Are we sure we're on the same page? Because we can be friends now. Yeah, but I'm seriously. Only once you've. I am literally never going to like date, bang, or marry you. Right. Not happening. Right. Not even. I'm not going to get drunk. Nope. We're not going to have a cute thing. Nothing. No. This is not a movie. Right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, anyway, so Andrea's clearly in the midst of this because I'm sure, you know, we didn't see uh-huh. what Sophia actually said. Right, right. But I'm sure she was perfect. Like, she's polite, but like the way she looks at him. Yeah. She is constantly just like, why are you here? Right. Well, and as we find out later in this episode, mm-hmm. his father paid her father to make him his plasterwork apprentice. Right. He is. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, it's indentured servitude. Yeah. Essentially. It is. And he's just decided that with this indentured servitude, he should get some perks. Right. And I would hate him. I would hate him so much more for his male sense of entitlement, except that he is so stupid. Well, he's stupid. And I would say he doesn't really have a sense of entitlement. He's just stupid. Like, he thought she liked him. Mm-hmm. He didn't think he was entitled to her and per Pietro se. And has been <clears throat> encouraging right. this delusion. Right. But he, you know, he he's not angry at, at any point in this in He's this just sad, Andrea. He's just sad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but, like, Pietro's like, oh, yeah, she's just like her mother who was, like, so nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then Andrea's like, oh, well, maybe that was it. And, like, Andrea seems like maybe he'll try to, like, pull himself out of this. Right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. She's just like that with everybody, and she didn't mm-hmm, like me. Mm-hmm. And then stupid Pietro has uh-huh. to be like, no, 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 give her time. Well, but what Pietro says is, no, 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 I gave you her hand. Be patient. Give it time. Yeah. Because as far as Pietro is concerned, he doesn't understand They're why there's right a question. Now. Yeah. Le- yeah. Exactly. I guess it's just weird because, like, Pietro, like, looks very modern to me. Right. Right. Like, he looks very, like, ciao. <laughs> right. Uh, but he's not, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. At a board meeting at Harlan and Wolf, Andrews is presiding. Uh, he doesn't like some jokes that people are making about the steam turbines and very... Turkish baths. I don't know. Like... I don't, they're just talking about efficient systems of energy. <laughs> right. Green. Well, this is basically like one kind of jokey comment, and Andrews is like, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, that's... He is Lord Peary's nephew. Yeah, and hey, look... P.S., we looked it up. Yes. Andrews was, in fact, Lord Peary's nephew. Yes, that is uh, true. Show, you could have done a better job. Ah! Uh, this... This is a show where, like, in 20 years, if I have that kind of power, <laughs> I would go back and remake this show. Yeah, and it's... The way that it should be made. Because there's so... There's a lot of good stuff 
about it. I would say 75 to 80% of this show is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I'd say from a purely plot perspective, this story I am so much more interested in than Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. But Downton Abbey is so much better constructed, literally nobody cares. Right. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't like it doesn't matter how good the sort of underlying story is if you're not telling the story well. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's not... That's the problem. And yeah. even the performances aren't that bad. Right. Like, agreed. Sad Andrea is, is a little yeah, bad. He's a little off. Maybe one or two others. But for the most but part... But generally speaking, I yeah. mean, look, we just watched that scene between Liam Cunningham and Derek Jacoby. Yeah. Like... Yeah. That was for real. Mm-hmm. Like, that's some for real ass acting happening yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, like, they looked so similar. I just <laughs> kept imagining Derek Jacoby being like, one day you'll look like me. You'll all look like me. <laughs> I just like to think of, uh, wait, didn't he play somebody on Doctor Who? Yes, he, he played, was the master. Yeah, the master. The old master. Mm-hmm. Before things all crawled up Doctor Who's asshole. Right. I don't like Matt Smith or fezes, <laughs> especially when paired with a bow tie. Okay, it's a fashion don't. Uh, this is this has been our our micro fashion backwards for the, for the podcast. Welcome. Yes. Uh, in any case, the most important subject at this board meeting is the rivet shortage. Yeah. Um, they're short rivets, y'all. Yeah, they're they're running low on rivets, and head rivet guy whoever he is, has been, has scoured the island for, for rivets, and there just aren't any to be had. Uh, and he says they'll have to get them from England, but that will cost more money, and getting grade four, a.k.a. best best rivets, might put them over budget. And uh, Andrew's like, what about grade three, best rivets? So then, of course, Muir has to pipe up, because he totally has a job there. Uh, right, and is at this meeting for some reason. I, I sympathize with Muir in a lot of respects. Right. Because in my job, I'm doing something that nobody else is doing. <laughs> right. Uh, but at the same time, like, my job has a purpose. His job, I'm like, so you're just going to do all this work with steel and, like, no one's going to apply any of this knowledge until the post-mortem on Titanic. Well, look, this is why... Um, you know, I mean, look, what I mean, what I feel sorry for him in, is that his authority comes from a place that nobody else there respects, you Which know, is, just uh, the Chris personal whim mustache. of a mustache. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, still no sighting in this episode. Right? credit sequence is so long yeah it's like chris noth and nev campbell don't need to be in there right for as much as they've been in this show yeah here here re dick or if you're gonna do that do like downton abbey and keep it snappy yeah mm-hmm. you know keep yeah. it abstract in any case uh andrews of course doesn't listen to Mir's whining and ends the meeting uh as it's breaking up Mir pulls some other guy aside and ask where the uh the the raw steel that they get is coming from it's from colville and sons since you were all wondering uh and mir wants some samples i mean he loves steel he really does i (laughs) wish i loved anything as much as mir loves steel (laughs) i don't love you that much no i don't like take samples of you and put them under a microscope no you don't i'm glad of that yeah i'm not like hannibal lecter or anything so yeah Next, we cut to the shipyard, where we see uh, the ship actually starting to take shape a little bit, like the sort of bottom of the hall is starting to to grow up 
I just noticed the progress that it made since the last episode. Uh, Connor is chatting with Simple Jack rather than, you know, riveting. Hey, hey, guys. Remember the last time we all sat around jawing? A guy almost died. <laughs> right. I'm so mad at Connor. Yeah. As- I just... I understand that he has a dramatic device, but he's so obviously a dramatic device that I yeah, think I yeah. hate him even more. <laughs> right. Well, and Michael also hates him and mm-hmm. is passive-aggressively like, uh, you know, we all get paid by the rivet here. Question. Yes. What's going to happen when they've run out of rivets? Uh, like, this labor situation is already at kind of a fever pitch. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think they're not going to run out of rivets because I think, you know, well, I don't know. I just feel like the costs, you know, they're on a deadline. Mm-hmm. They've got to get, you know, and rivets will shut the whole thing down. You can't do anything without rivets, Kelly. <laughs> the only thing I'll say, I know nothing about the building of Titanic. Right. So, I mean, again, that's why this show is 80% good. Like, well done, producers of this show. Mm-hmm. You're taking an insanely popular topic and showing everybody a side of it that we've not seen before. Right. Except, of course, for Cousin Chris. Right. I was just going to say everything about the Titanic. Right. Which is fine. That's yeah. And well done to you, Cousin Chris. Yeah. We're just going to give you Cousin of the Week in the middle of the episode. Just for knowing about Titanic. Right. He he already knows where they're going to find the rivets. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, we don't know because we're stupid. <laughs> we're not stupid. We're just ignorant. <laughs> we're uncurious. <laughs> Until now. Until now, yes. But Connor is discussing his military experience and regaling Simple Jack with tales of the army. You can't do that. Simple Jack can't handle the truth. <laughs> right. He just can't. Yeah. Although, the implication from other members of their crew is that Connor may be embellishing a bit. Yes. And this seems entirely likely, as as far as I'm aware, uh, Her Majesty's Army was not involved in any altercations at this time. Well, except <gasps> that they mention later that he was in India. I and, assumed that also was bullshit. Well, it may or may not be, but there was at least... I feel like there was at least minor conflict somewhere in India pretty much yeah, the whole time. Yeah, generally if you're going to colonize something, there's always people who want shooting. Right. And, you know, they the Indians had them wildly outnumbered at all times. So, you know, that's that's why they had to keep the army there all the time. I mean, that, that, was, that was basically the military training ground for a few hundred years. It was like they'd send all their soldiers over to India, have them practice fighting against Indians, and then when there was a war in Europe, they'd be like, all right, boys, come on back. We're going to use what you've learned. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I, uh, I would have revolted too, India. Well done. Yeah. Good job, guys. Anyway, <laughs> Michael McCann wants us to shut up about this because his rivet is cold. Uh, can't do anything with a cold rivet. You really can't. Not a euphemism. No, you you actually can't. That's no. That's and how again, they work. Uh, I mean, look, I under like you know, like there's there's two kinds of nepotism. Mm-hmm. They're both a bad idea. Mm-hmm. The first is like, oh, I'm super rich, so I can just stick my son and make him, you know, VP of mergers and acquisitions a la Patrick Bateman type situation. Right, right. Or there's, oh, like, we're poor, so, like, I should help someone. You know what? Guess what? Don't do it. (laughs) If your, you know, friend, brother, sister, cousin, nephew uh, was worth hiring, they wouldn't need you to get them a job. Yeah. And don't guarantee their conduct, whatever you do. Mm Mm-hmm. Amir drops by his drunk dad's place. 
and sees a bottle lying in classic drunkard fashion. Like, you can tell you're drunk when you leave your liquor bottle lying on its side. But it seemed like there was also broken glass. Oh, yeah. And, like, an ashtray. I mean... Like, he'd really given the place a, a going over. He's like, it just doesn't feel like home yet. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. It's a mechanical thing. <laughs> uh, but a soda click. <laughs> He's brought his dad some food. His dad says that he is not hungry, uh, which is probably true. And he gives him some money, which his dad is like, oh, no, I can't. Thank you. Is it just me, or does Mira seem less piercingly blue up to this point? He does. He, he does is... not seem to be lit with an inner blue light. Yeah. He it's just like, looks it... normal. Yeah, his dad has extinguished his blue fire. Yeah, he just looks like a normal fucking person in a blue coat. This is just a lesson to everyone who's lost touch with their parents. Stay lost. <laughs> Shine your own blue light. Ew. No, man. That's gross. I'm not. Shining a blue light? That's annoying. That Actually, you're right. We were kind we've, of annoyed no, by it. No, we've been annoyed by his blueness. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. That was the first time I felt like I liked him. All right. All right. Not true. I want to marry him and have his steel baby. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, he then advises his father to go easy on the drink. And his father is like, oh, easy on the drink. Well, nobody had suggested that before. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Uh, he didn't say that. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't. He actually, I think, has another drink. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Mir says that he now remembers why he had lost touch with his dad in the first place, Mm-mm. basically. No. No? What he says okay. is that now he remembers why his father sent him away. Ah, yes. And look. I wanted to hate this scene with the fire of a thousand blue steel inner lights. Right. I wrote down in my notebook, you know what I like about Downton Abbey? No daddy issues. Mm -hmm. Like, they're too repressed. Right. But this was really well executed. It was. Because Muir is not that broken up about it. Right. Like, he... Muir is not a very emotional dude. Yeah. Uh, although this is only the third episode, and considering what happens later, maybe this will change. But he's... He's pretty buttoned up. Yeah. Well, he's... A, I mean, you know, at least the character we're painting of him is, is a pretty autism spectrum dude. Oh, yeah. I just thought he was attractive. Well, that too. This might explain People why People on the so autism many... spectrum can be attractive. No, no, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is this explains why so many of the people that I was attracted to were completely unresponsive to uh... me earlier in life. Yes. But he's, you know, he's aware. Like, he has some understanding. Like, he left that yeah. note on the grave. Yeah. Uh, but his dad, you know, is talking about how, you know, because Muir well, says you've lost your pride. Mm-hmm. And his dad says, only myself. But, like, it's just this beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. And I, because, well, I don't ordinarily describe things as being beautiful, but this mm-hmm. was because it was all about a Especially father. in such a dingy setting. But yes. You hate that room so much more than me. I was like, that's awesome. I bet the carpet's not squishy or anything. No, it's I just anytime there's a room where there's an entire bare wall with one ju- just one little cross on it, I get skeezed out somehow. So you don't like going to my parents' house? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, but it's like, 
you see both Muir's gratitude to his father for saving him from a life in the shipyard mm-hmm. and becoming what his father is. Yeah. But, you know, they're both grateful and they're both proud for yeah. everything that Muir has achieved. However, they both acknowledge the cost. Yeah. But Muir doesn't disrespect his father by being like, maybe you should just stop drinking and like go to church or something. Right. Like, right. I can't. I can't quite, you know, there's, yeah. like, his father's clearly an alcoholic. Right. But it is in no way presented as something that makes him a bad person. Mm-hmm. And I think and, yeah. that that is unusual. Well, and he just talks about how he could not have done what Mir had done, that Mir has gone off to places where your religion doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but where he is, it matters. And he says that... They say you can travel the world by reading a book while we weren't allowed to read. This is the thing, and the thing that even I forget, even with my Irish heritage, is how horrible Irish Catholics had it in Britain. Mm -hmm. I don't think, despite my parents and various relatives' attempts, Mm -hmm. uh, Irish Catholics, and you know, not just in Ireland, but also in America, you know, were third-class citizens yeah well any particularly in ireland and i know that my parents lost touch with a lot of the irish groups that might have given me that because for a while in the 70s and 80s most of many irish groups in america were among other things raising money to send to the ira to like bomb britain and like that you know like people that i knew well that's the thing is like if you watch Downton Abbey, there's this certain distance you can keep from it because mm-hmm. you can kind of lie to yourself and be like, oh, things are better now. Like, right. you know, the the gulf between the haves and the have-nots is smaller. And I do think that that is true mm-hmm. as far as it goes. But then if you just look at this show and the labor movement and the way that the you know quote unquote captains of industry are treating their labor mm-hmm. and you know and like well, right now the thing is like you know that thing came out about mcdonald's right you know right. telling its employees not to turn on their heat yeah. because they're not paying them a living wage well and beyond that there are right now as we record this there are still giant walls separating the protestant and catholic neighborhoods in belfast you know uh, over a hundred years since this the the setting of this show. That was my larger point. Well, yeah, but I still think my point about McDonald's is relevant. I'm not saying it wasn't. Well, I mean that's the thing. This is about both of those issues. It's about the you know the troubles in mm-hmm. Ireland, and it's about the labor movement. But the troubles in Ireland have never ended. Right. Well, Nora has the struggle of the worker. Right. <sighs> well, we hope you're all cheered up. <laughs> Uh, seriously, though, go on strike, everybody. Just go on strike. I really just feel like there's so many things we should all go on strike for. Uh, okay. Uh, why don't you go pass out flyers like Larkin, huh? Because they're expensive to print. (laughs) Not that expensive. Moving on. If I had a union, why I oughta. (laughs) Uh, at Kelly's. Which we do see the the front door listed as Kelly's. It's my bar, y'all. It is. Kelly's. I own it. Yeah. Five dollar cover. <laughs> so much for uh, being in solidarity with the worker. Apparently so. As soon as you get a little property to your name, 
Why do you think I want to buy a house? <laughs> Get out, you shiftless Catholic. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> no, Tom, I would only discriminate against Protestants. Oh, okay. Cracking like they were better than me. All right. Because they invited Jesus in their heart instead of having him forced in when they were an infant. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up. Pretty much. Uh, it is... It is hella blue in Kelly's. I think who turned up the blue? Right. What seems to have happened is that the blue that escaped from Muir has just spread across Belfast. It's insane. Yeah. Lois Lowry could not have envisioned (laughs) such a gathering of blue. Yeah. Anyway, Andrea's hanging. Andrea is hanging out with his Italian bro friend. Yeah, that sold him his engagement ring. Yeah. That I hope. He was able to return or hawk or something. I don't think you can return a ring that you stole. Well, no, I meant to the <laughs> guy that stole it. Well, all right, fair enough. You can return it to the fence. Can you? Well, he's you there should... drinking with him. <laughs> fair enough. If God. when you're buddies, you gotta pick a pocket or two. Anyway, well, uh, and Andrea's bro pretty much feels like why return it? I know plenty of women. Yeah, he knows hella women he knows that would so love many Andrea. Women. Yeah, and look, Andrea yeah. looks fine. Find a dum dum who yeah. can't draw and isn't fascinated with the mirror scope. Yeah, like all the all the. Because, spoiler alert, he's continuing to press his case this whole episode, but all the case he makes to Sophia could be made to plenty of other women in Belfast. Plenty of whom would give in! Yeah, plenty of whom would be like that... Because basically he's just saying, I ha- I can earn money and provide for a family, and there's plenty of women who'd be like, that's all I want. And, you know, rightly so. Mm-hmm. I'm shit poor, I'm Catholic, if you have a stable job, I'm in. Yeah. And, you know, he's not... You know, we don't like him, but he's not, like, ugly. but yeah this is where he says that he's apprenticed to pietro and and in hawk to him yes and then who should waltz in (laughs) but pietro himself because of the blue (laughs) right because i thought this was a perfectly respectable hour to be drinking right right much as we are drinking currently (laughs) in case you hadn't noticed (laughs) you (laughs) uh so Pietro walks in and he's like, you need to get back to work. And I'm like, what is it? Like two? <laughs> right. I was like, fucking Andrea. Yeah. How did he even get to the bar? You have to figure the Carlton estate is real far from the city center. He, uh, well, I don't think he went to the Carlton estate. I think he was just like, well, see you at work, no, Pietro. They ju- didn't they just have a conversation outside the well, plaster workshop? Well, we don't know if it's the same day or not. Yeah, this show's real bad at telling the passage of time. It is. It is. Uh, in any case, Pietro shows up and yells at Andrea, hey, you know, like you do if your employee doesn't show up to work and just well, goes off drinking. Particularly if the employee who goes off drinking is trying to, like, you know, marry and subsequently bang your daughter. <laughs> right. You're like, I won't have anyone shiftless sticking it to my daughter. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so he, you know, roughs him up. You know, it's a tour de force for old Pietro. Yeah. Again. I'm like, really? Like him? <laughs> yeah. Next we get lawn tennis. It's uh, Mir and Kitty are in a mixed doubles match against Ashley and somebody named Belinda. Who looks like an extra from Little House on the Prairie. Right. She may just be passing through on her way to a Little House on the Prairie shoot. Yeah. They're we like, have... listen, we need a fourth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, Ashley is predictably bad at tennis. Mm-hmm. Like, he's bad at everything. Like, look, 
we all know how this scene goes. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the house, Carlton and Hatton, and I'm saying this is Hatton. I'm just sticking with this. All right. Are gazing out over their domain, including the lawn tennis. And Kitty. Yes, indeed. Uh, somewhat pensively. Uh, and discussing the labor situation, Hatton again demands a strong hand and a firm showing and sending a message, etc., uh, because apparently there is a march scheduled for the upcoming Saturday where 300,000 people are going to be on the streets. And, you know, Hatton's like, this is anarchy, this is revolution, etc. And he also says that this is going to be like sort of a, 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 a stalking horse for home rule, for mm-hmm. that this will strengthen the hand for liberal home rule, which he is adamantly opposed to and yeah. says that Ireland will always be ruled from Britain as it should be. Um, just the top part. <laughs> right. Just Which the again, part you're in. Right. And it's, you know, I'm sure that there are things that I rationalize now that in the light of history will seem foolish. But it's just one of those things where it's like, why? I know. Why do no, you care? I, look, what? I had exactly the same thought because the whole time, I mean, this episode in particular mm-hmm. brings all this into stark relief, both in terms of home rule and also in terms of the labor movement. Yeah. It's like, do you really think well, that people who hate you are good employees? Mm-hmm. Because they're not. And I mean, even the labor movement, I can, I mean, I obviously I'm on labor's side, but if you are a capitalist and you're used to paying your workers nothing and they start demanding more, you know, you're, that's directly attacking your wallet. And I, I get why I you would. I guess so. But it's like, you need to have a little bit of self-awareness. Like, how much does your wallet hold? Right. And even, like... If they're asking for compensation due to accidents, it's like, A, how frequent are accidents? What can you do to minimize them? And B, if they're not that frequent, it's not going to cost you that much money. Right. Again, I totally agree. Uh, You know, treating workers well is good for management and labor. But I understand... As Mark Muir in his infinite blueness knows. (laughs) Right. But I understand why you would be confused by why a manager would feel otherwise. It's It's just the passion about keeping Ireland as part of Britain. Right. That I don't that I don't understand. And, you know, that's It's look, it's always been that way and people hate change. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I hate change. Right. And, you know, and like I say, you know, people people once you people form opinions and then rationalize them after the fact and, you know. I guess, but I just, you know, if you look at human history, you know, to borrow a phrase, you know, the arc of history bends toward justice. And I suppose if you have a perverted definition of justice, then you don't see it that way. But it's like, if you can't see the connection between today's progressive battles and yesterday's progressive battles. Well, I mean, look, I mean, the real difference between people is that some people think that we are in a perpetual fall from a perfect state of Eden that everything we used to have back in the old days when everything was great and children respected their parents and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And nobody had sex outside of marriage and everybody, you know, all this sort of thing. That there was this mythical golden days that we've just been slowly falling from ever since versus people like you and me who think that we're constantly, you know, not in a straight line, but constantly moving forwards and always improving. Uh, Just FYI, children have always defied their parents. That was St. Francis of Assisi's whole bag. (laughs) Because first he was, like, whoring and drinking all over the place. And his dad was like, hey, like, stop that. 
And, and then he was like, no. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, wait, I'm going to like give my life to the Lord. And his dad was also like. <laughs> he was like, wait, don't do that either. Yeah. His dad was like, why can't you just find the middle way? And St. Francis was like, fuck Buddhism. <laughs> and then he went and communion with the animals anyway. Right. Which is like a very Buddhist thing to do. Right. It certainly is. Listen, if you're not Catholic, look into St. Francis of Assisi. He was a pretty cool dude. There's a. It's an interesting uh, article about him in Harper's a few months ago. Oh, well, that's not oh, the most pretentious thing I've ever ooh, heard. Ooh, 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 ooh. I really feel like the <laughs> listeners are getting an extra special window into our <laughs> lives right now. I think they are. This is probably, Cousins, the closest you'll come to actually hanging out with me and Tom. Because <laughs> this is the kind of stuff we do all the time. It kind of is. This is this is the shenanigans after dark. This right is here. the shenanigans after dark, mm-hmm. which is a series I'd like to start. But we have relatives. They have the internet. What are you going to do? <laughs> it is a problem. So let's go back to Titanic Blood and Steel. But yes! Yes. Um, because Tarleton tells Hatton that he has spoken to the minister or a minister in London. Some minister. Some minister in London. Some skull crusher. Yes, and has been assured that things are in hand. And he he was not told any more details than that, but we're not idiots. Uh, also, Hatton is horrified. He yeah. was. He was really That's upset right. when he said that. But I was like, what do you mean firm hand? Like, did you not think guns? Right. That's what a firm hand is. Yeah, that was weird. And it, it went past me at the time. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Anyway, speaking of doomed efforts to redeem lost causes, Andrea shows up at the Silvestri's with a bouquet of flowers. Uh, Dudes, I'm just going to give you a public service announcement. <laughs> if a girl doesn't already like you, flowers are not going to convince her otherwise. You've been sold a bill of goods. You have been. Big flower has fooled all of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, Tom sent me flowers mm-hmm. when we were first dating on my birthday. Total shocker. Mm-hmm. I thought they were from my mom because <laughs> mom and Tom look very similar. They do. When you can't see the first letter. <laughs> but they were from Tom. And I already liked Tom. Tom sending me flowers reinforced the fond feelings that I had for him. Right. If a lady doesn't like you and has, in fact, just the previous day or previous Sunday turned you down, flowers are not going to change your mind. You already handed her a ring. Like, that's the progression. You know, it's yeah, like flower, yeah. then ring. Right. Not ring, then flower. That's a clear yeah, downgrade. It's not going to work. Like, get her a better ring. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you want. But, like, also, that doesn't work. Yeah. Materialism and love, you know, don't really work. It's, yeah. Pietro disagrees and uh, tells Violetta to No, set he up- tells Sophia to set, to a set place. another place. All and right. that, look, that did strike me. Yeah. Because Sophia, like, left the room, and he was like, oh, set a place for him. And she was like, fucking really? She was like, seriously? Yeah. Life uh... is not a beautiful. Yeah. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. <clears throat> and Andrea's just sitting there like, and I can't make you love me <laughs> if you don't. Except he's not even self-aware to say that. No, he's not. I mean, he's really set up quite well to be an emo singer-songwriter. Like, oh, he totally should be. He totally should be. He could be. be the Italian Morrissey. He could be. The Italian Irish Morrissey. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Right? It writes itself. It does. Ugh. 
new spinoff, <laughs> different actor. Um, <laughs> nothing personal, dude. Back at the Carlton place, Mirror is in his room, changing out of his sweaty tennis clothes. Tennis does make one break a sweat. It does. And Kitty just barges on in and takes him in. Wearing a gorgeous dress. If we were doing Gibson Girl for this, she would totes win for this outfit. All right. FYI. No, that's fair enough. Uh, But (laughs) she likes the outfit Mirror is wearing, which is no shirt. Yeah. She loves it. She as she says, is incorrigible. Mm-hmm. And Muir goes up to her, and uh, she tells him, okay, I love this. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually wrote, that was actually really hot, question mark. <laughs> it, it was. Well, because there's been so mark. much eye-fucking up to this point. Yeah. But rest assured, this was not eye-fucking. This eye was really hot. This was fucking. Yeah, and because she was like, first course is at eight, Muir and like called him by his last name. Yeah. And she was like, I don't dine without an hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. And then it's like, whoa. Then clearly they have sex. Right. Because you can't not. No. Look, I mean, it listen, was. Listen, if a woman says A, that she can't dine without an hors d'oeuvre and B calls you by her last name, you are legally obligated to have sex with her. At least if she has just locked the door of your bedroom behind her. She did do that. Which she did. But also, I guess this supports your theory about Muir being on the autism spectrum. Uh, yeah. Well, because I'm like, why? Like, because I, I think he likes her. He likes... No, I, I don't think this is autism spectrum. He likes her perfectly fine. And he, does, he wants he, to have sex with he her. He doesn't dislike her. She's super attractive. And she, like, he hasn't made any moves towards her. No. But he's certainly responding. Well, I mean, it would be hard not to. Like, she's cute, man. I guess she is. I was concerned because she appeared to be wearing, like, a lot of lipstick. And Mm -hmm. I was like, if you're going to clandestinely slip into some man's room and bang him while your supposed fiancé and entire family are waiting for you to come down to dinner, like, maybe lay off the lipstick until afterward. She has had a lot of experience brazenly lying about having had sex. So apparently, again, I am so curious how the hell she's getting away with this. Like, where's her contraceptive douche? I don't know. I'm Kelly. so curious. Oh, actually, I can tell you. He's coming up the stairs looking for her. <laughs> ha! Boom. <laughs> yes, because there's then a shot of Ashley calling out, "Kitty." Yeah, and you're like, uh, "She's coming, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somewhere, probably Kelly's, uh, the labor gang, including Larkin, are hanging out discussing the upcoming march that's going to happen. And they're basically talking about how they need to make sure that the Protestants and the Catholics all unite together um, and, you know, march as one working, you know, class and not, <clears throat> you know, and, and that that's their that's their strength is that they can only they can only be strong if they're united. Yeah, and uh, Larkin says, united we stand, divided we fall. Is that an Abraham Lincoln thing? Uh, I believe so. Okay, that's just interesting. It's just weird to see Abraham Lincoln. No, wait. Isn't it a Bible thing no, no, or no. something? Or a... Well, uh, Lincoln says a house divided against itself cannot right. stand. united we stand, divided we that fall. That might be a Ben Franklin thing, actually. He gets all the best lines. I Well, I you know what? 
I am not a patriot, apparently, because I'm pretty sure it was some American dude that said that, but I don't don't yeah, know well, which we'll one. Yeah, we'll look it up on the internet. Yeah. And figure it out. Uh, anyway, but he says that. You know, a lot of people say that All now, right. but it's just interesting to see it said in the past. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I guess. No, well, it's just, you know, we think of... It's always interesting to see America, like, very, like, casually, like, very passingly mentioned or, or referenced. I suppose... We're so narcissistic. Well, we are. That's, that's my point. It's our primary function. <laughs> uh, so Andrea is leaving, and Sophia comes to the door to see him out and essentially beg him to stop, like, sniffing around. But he's like, oh, you just, like, he's telling her how to feel. Right. So, again, really glad Emily was there to be like, fucking don't. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know how people work. Mm -hmm. But she's just like, you know, I'm never going to change my mind. And he's like, you'll totally change your mind. And yeah. she's like, no, I'm seriously never going to change my mind. Well, and he's like, I, he says that he'll change. No one can change. No. No, no one can change. <laughs> I was drunk when you met me. I'm drunk now. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, people don't change. Though is the point that if you don't like somebody, they might they might like fake it enough to think make you think you like them for a few months or a year. Some minor behavior. Well, right, exactly. People's fundamental personality and character don't like look. Yeah, like the problem isn't that he leaves the toilet seat up. If you're fundamentally not attracted to him. Nothing that he does can change that. Yeah. You know, there is a primal component to attraction. Yeah. In any case, there's still like three more scenes of this to go. (laughs) Um, Violetta is hanging out at a table at Kelly's Pub with Connor. Mm -hmm. The two of them. uh, She is laughing at him. She likes him more than anyone she's ever met. Yeah. She is hanging on every like, word. She's been a totally boring character up until now. Yeah. Like, nothing. She doesn't. She has not seemed like. Not totally true. Not In this to, yeah, scene I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, with the, you know, with the racy novel right, she right. did. But, like, this is the first time that she's matched that level of enthusiasm about anything. Yeah. And uh, Anna Gunn and Michael and Walter all come in and see them together. Mm-hmm. And, and she was purportedly Michael's girl up until this yes. point. Yes. Indeed, she was. Well, we saw the seeds of this planted at the old racetrack. Well, right, right. Um, With a caramel nugget. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But Anagun tells Michael that he needs to to move on, that Violetta wasn't going to work for him anyway, Mm -hmm. um, and that 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 wasn't the the right way to go. And anyway, like, apparently Connor is just some sort of unstoppable love machine, and there's no point in trying to, to stand in his way. Yeah. Um, well, it may point out like that Michael doesn't have any money, and like she would just torture him like about that fact, right? But I'm also like Connor also has no money, right? And then they're like, oh, she can torture him, and I'm like, okay, yeah. So nobody likes Connor. Why don't you all just tell Connor to get out, right? Or find some money somewhere, or uh, not strike his superior officer, <laughs> right? Any number of things they could tell Connor to do, right? Uh, next, we see a uh, a streetcar. This is a fun little period thing going on here. Clang, clang, clang <laughs> with the trolley. 
Ding, 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 went the bell. Swing, 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 went my Mursko. <laughs> the moment that you were near. Right. Uh, the clanging happened before we entered the scene, but we can rest assured that there was clanging. Because I sang a song about it. Well, yeah. And Mir and Sophia, both on the streetcar, this clearly for the first time that they have met like this. I cannot tell you how much I'm shipping Murphia at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that's what we're meant to feel. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the third episode in. I wasn't quite sure uh-huh, uh-huh. where they wanted us to go. Well, but I mean, I you guess... gotta figure, you know, scrappy underdog immigrant lady versus, versus rich brittle. Hussy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't... I hate to think that you know, that Kitty's going to be slut-shamed over this. But, I mean, probably that's the case. I don't know. Wouldn't it... Look, wouldn't it be really interesting if she wasn't slut-shamed over this? Yeah. I mean, there. I mean, because there hasn't there hasn't been anything like that yet. No, the only like, she thing has been a sympathetic been character. was a bit of sniping between her and Nev Campbell because they both obviously were interested in Muir. I can't even remember Nev Campbell anymore. She was totally there. <laughs> I know. She was totally there. I know. But, like, so far, there appears to be no comeuppance. Right. No, that's true. I mean, look, Liam was on board. Yeah. Liam was like, you go, Mir. (laughs) It's true. I'm going to say that from now on to my male friends (laughs) when they do something admirable. I'm like, you go, Mir. I'm like, what the shit are you talking about? I'm like, listen to my podcast. (laughs) Then I'm going to moonwalk away. (laughs) That is an elaborate plan. I know. I'm not going to be able to execute. You are going to have so many friends, Kelly. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) So Sophia and Muir uh, strike up a conversation, and it's a very, like... I also really like this scene Mm -hmm. because it was Mm -hmm. really awkward. Yes. Because Muir just... Okay. You know... Listen, the whole time we were watching this, I was not thinking autism spectrum. But now every scene that he's in, like, (laughs) autism spectrum. Totally. Yeah. Because this is exactly something that I would say, Mm -hmm. which is like, so do you want me to strike up a conversation or should we just sit here in silence? Right. Uh Uh-huh. And I love that. Like, it's so direct. It was. And I'm like, good job, Muir. Well, and then he said that he he asked if she took the tram often, and she did, and then he... I, well, I forget how it got to this point, but he said that he didn't, and then realized that he didn't want to explain why he was there. Yeah. And it was just like, I stayed somewhere last Also, night. like, that is an easy fix. It's just like, I stayed at a friend. Like, right. she doesn't know that you banged Kitty Carlton. Yeah. She doesn't even know who Kitty Carlton is. Yeah. I, I, you know, I agree. Uh, she also is missing a button off of her coat. Which is conveniently on the floor of the tram, which I call bullshit on. Right. This felt exactly like that thing with Donald Pleasance in The Great Escape. <laughs> 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 like, I don't know how we rigged it. <laughs> he's just got all these ladies' buttons in his pockets. Right. Well, he's probably seen that coat before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's clearly something going on between them at this point. Yes. But yeah, he says he doesn't go out much, and she says that he goes to the races. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pointing out that she saw him there. Mm-hmm. Um, in any case, she gets off because she gets off... Bef- to go meet boring Emily. Right. And walk to work. Right. And Although they, don't they also usually work, walk to work with Violetta, uh, who should have presumably been taking the tram with her? Shh. I'm sorry, Violetta doesn't fit into this meat uh, cute. Look, Kelly, Violetta slept at Connor's last night. I don't know what to tell you. <gasps> With Mrs. McCann right there? 
<laughs> I, I don't actually believe that that's true, but, uh, and so she says, you know, good, uh, see you at work, Dr. Muir. And he says, Mark. And she says, Mark, Sophia. And he says, I know. Which like, is like creepy, sexy. Yes. I mean, he did know her first name, but it's like, it was something. He's a look. Anyway, that's why women are so attracted to him because he's got just like a little bit of dickishness about him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Murphia forever. <laughs> Murphia now. Yes. Basically, is what I'm saying. Murdrea, or no, Sophdrea, Andrea, never. Yeah. Whatever that is. Or, uh, uh, you can't even do like a Muralton. <laughs> right. Kitur. Like, they don't even portmanteau. Yeah. So that's clearly not happening. <laughs> yeah, obviously. There's no ship name for that. <laughs> right. Anyway, next we get a scene in the Mir cave. Um, Mir opens a box and there's some steel in it. It's the Steel of the Month Club. <laughs> This is from Pittsburgh. <laughs> so anyway, he puts it in his tw- steel twisting machine and is troubled by the results. Uh, also, safety goggles, like, could not steel splinters, potent- like, not often, but, like, should you not have some goggles on when you're twisting steel to the breaking point? More That's- importantly, is anyone doing anything with this data? He's just, the- like, are they paying him? <laughs> I don't understand. He's- like, is he essentially... The mustache's mistress of he's, steel? He's secretly building another Titanic in his laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> I like, call it the spruce moose. <laughs> Get in. <laughs> yes. Uh, but so as he's pensively looking at his steel, Sophia comes in and he's just completely like ignores her because his mind is on his steel. I have really got to hand it to the actress playing Sophia. Mm-hmm. I am going to go out on a limb here. Mm-hmm. Go out on a limb, baby. I think she's giving the best non-Jacoby performance. Because yeah? he, you know, she comes in and she's like, oh, Mr. Hatton can spare me for an hour. And he's like, steal. <laughs> and just her face falls and yeah. her body language changes. Again, Andrea, how could you not know that this woman didn't like you? She wears every one of her emotions on the outside. I'm a very stupid. Uh, <laughs> Life is a line of- <laughs> <laughs> Did you say nine? I said line. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like nine in terms of the Fellini film, eight and a half slash well, musical nine. Which, yes. They rounded up for Broadway. <laughs> People who go to Broadway music. Like, this is, this is America. We don't do fractions here. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Mirror eventually realizes that he's been rude to her and sort of apologizes. Um, and basically what he's so concerned about is that this raw steel is fine. He invites her to look at it in the microscope and she knows. Oh, I bet he invites her. He, he does. He's like, here, take a look at my mirror scope. <laughs> Your uh, cave, and she, she looks in and she's like, "This steel is fine." Um, He's like, "It's blue, baby, <laughs> super blue." Yes, uh, <laughs> but what this means is that the impurities are entering somewhere between the raw steel and the steel plate, and there's only one place that could be cliffhanger. Right? I was yeah. like, "Where the shit is it, Muir?" 
I don't know how steel works. I don't either. I right. live in America and not in Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. But I'm sure that we will be informed. We freaking better be. That's right. More steel action. <laughs> I can't believe we just said that. Because I totally agree with you. I know. Well, it's not called Titanic blood and human relationships. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, seriously, though, ladies <laughs> and gay men, is Muir not the panty-droppingest metallurgist ever? I can't think of another metallurgist. So attractive. Yeah. And he's not even that attractive. Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's... I mean, he looks good. Yeah. They photograph him well. Mm -hmm. He's got that blue light. Mm -hmm. I'm like, put your blue light in me, baby. Well, and he's got a mustache that doesn't bother me, and that almost never happens. No, it's like a whole situation. It's like a goatee, like, mustache combo. And that usually doesn't work. Most guys just look like Walter White, and nobody wants to look like Walter White. Well, most people don't have enough blue to pull it off. Uh, so Anna and Sophie, Anna Gunn, I keep calling her Anna, and I know she has a name, but I'm it's just... It's Emily. It is Emily, that's right. We find that out. Uh, but they're walking down a hall, <laughs> and Anna is trying to dissuade Sophia from being into uh, Muir, because he's not part of their world, he's rich, he's Protestant, it's just not going to work out. You know what? Which is... Honestly, I think Sophia's kind of on the autism spectrum as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, because she always seems weirdly detached. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. You know, she might just be detached. She's, well, whatever she is, also, she is the detached. the autism spectrum had definitely not been invented at this point. Well, that's certainly true. For that matter, ni- neither had AA. Yeah. So, I don't think. When was that? That was like the 40s, wasn't it? I I'm don't know. I'm too drunk to know. <laughs> <laughs> Which segues into the next scene where uh, dad is ordering a drink at the bar. Just a small one, he mm-hmm. says to the bartender, who's like, fine. It's like, why don't I just get you a barrel of whiskey now, and then I don't have to make all these trips. Man, I wish I had a bartender like that. <laughs> uh, no, you don't. <laughs> uh but then, mysterious stranger wearing hat. Who we previously thought was dad. Right. Because he was reading the shipbuilder exactly. in the previous episode. And we were like, oh, that's clearly his dad. Right. No, Because we not. had poor guy, memory. Yeah. yeah, it's a guy with an ill-fitting hat that just looks like his dad. It's surprisingly ill-fitting. Like, I know you're poor, dude, but come on. Is just, he? Well, he seems to think he can tell people not to drink at his bar. That's true. Well, I How mean, poor can he be? <laughs> He may be cash poor, but he's power rich. <laughs> Fair enough. At Peary's, I think, or maybe it's Carlton, some rich house, Carlton is sitting around being glum, but Peary and Andrews want to celebrate because the HMS Olympic has just set a speed record across the Atlantic. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I guess that's what you get excited about if you build ships. Um, but Carlton won't celebrate. He is glum. He, uh, he won't say why, but conveniently... There lying on the table is a newspaper that folded he's just put down. to reveal the headline, marchers marching in March or whatever. You know what? This show is like so subtle. I think like <laughs> my favorite part of this show is how subtle it is and how it doesn't beat you over the head with stuff. How <laughs> characters discover things right. by ways that are totally stupid. Right. Uh, so Piri looks uh, puzzled. <laughs> Sophia arrives home from work. Andrea is there, 
And she says, and I quote, you are here again. Uh-huh. Like, basically, in that tone of voice, which was, like, Again, great. how did he ever think she liked him? Yeah. She's, that's the thing. <laughs> She's not treating him any differently than she treated him before. Before he proposed to her. Yeah, like not much differently at least. Like Look, that was she's basically being more vocal about her disapproval. Mm-hmm. But she's always disapproved of mm-hmm. him. Certainly true. Uh but Pietro is still still going for it. He drags Violetta away. He's like, come help me. And she's like, with what? And he's like, just help me. Right. And I'm like, listen, women aren't stupid. Right. We've never been stupid. We've just never been. I know. So, uh, but Andrea doesn't know that, and he keeps making his pitch, and Sophia tries to get it through his thick beard that it is not going to happen with them. But, uh, yeah, nothing is resolved. Uh, Michael is giving a little bit of a harangue to uh, a fairly small group of people somewhere. I couldn't really tell where this location was. some dank warehouse. Yeah, somewhere dank. Um, and he's saying, you know, we all must march together and, you know, basically saying Protestant and Catholic both. And this pudgy guy is saying that he's not sure if he's going to be there because he is Protestant, as mm-hmm. it turns out. And Michael's like, it's not about religion. Uh, Connor's kind of a dick about it he's and then storms off. He's also one of the guys off. who was telling Connor that he was being a dick when they were working in the shipyard previously. Yes, yes. Well, and it's weird, too, because they work on the same work crew. Right. So it's like... How can you not see the obvious thing that connects you versus this thing that makes you different? But which you know, also doesn't anyway. Yeah, whatever. that's uh, that's racism for you. Yeah. I and mean, this is just a, you know, it's not racism per se, but it's the same well, no, principle. But it is. Like it yeah. is racism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's based on the same principle. Right. Exactly. But Michael says to uh, Pudgy guy, whose name is Jim, he's like, "Listen, remember Arthur." Remember what happened to him. That's, you know, this is not about religion. This is about what if your leg falls off thanks to work? Mm-hmm. Are they going to pay you? You know, are they yeah. going to give you any money for that? And Jim's like, uh, all right, you sold me. Yeah. So. And like this scene is clunky and I think could have been handled better. But mm-hmm. it also does a really good job of like articulating the workers movement. It does. And also why everyone in America should have health insurance. Indeed. And I like Michael a lot. I keep really liking him. I do, too. Him. I'm like, yeah. Violetta, what is wrong with you, you dizzy bitch? Yeah. Like, this guy is fucking for real. Mm-hmm. And he's cute. Write it down, cousins. Michael McCann, sexually attractive ginger. Oh, yes. That is sexually true. Sexually attractive. I want him to ginger my bread. <laughs> Don't worry, baby. He's a fictional character. I'm well aware of that. <laughs> But that actor isn't... What? What? Yeah, well, he's in Ireland. He might not be. I know. He might be in London. (laughs) (laughs) He might be in Edinburgh for the Fringe Fest. Right. Which you are not. Currently. Well, I know. I might get there. Quit trying to clip my wings, baby. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) So... Anna Gunn, who reveals herself as Mrs. Emily Hill. We thought they were just banging. Right. But it turns out he put a ring on it. Yeah, he did. Um, Which makes a lot more sense as to, like, why she's so self-assured all the time. It actually, it really does. It really does. It somehow shouldn't have been a surprise, really. Uh, I think the reason is because someone should have mentioned it before (laughs) now. Well, possibly. 
Uh, but in any case, possibly. <laughs> in any case, she and Sophia run into Mark in the hall. They are going off to the march. And he's like, well, maybe I'll march. And they're like, you won't march, you management guy. And he's like, maybe I will. And that's pretty much it. Listen, you skipped something important. I did. When Andrea left. When you, when I say you skipped something important, I mean I skipped something important. <laughs> that's fine. Because when Andrea's leaving, uh-huh. he's like, but I love you. Right. And Sophia's like, I don't want you to. Mm-hmm. Ladies, gentlemen, how often does this happen? On TV. Yeah. Like, that somebody is so blatantly honest with somebody. Because mm-hmm. she just, she has realized, she has taken the advice that I gave earlier in the episode. Uh, yeah. And she's like, guess what? I don't, you know, it's, no, like, she's, it's like the fugitive. She is. He's like, I, you know, he's like, I didn't kill your wife. <laughs> she's like, I don't care. <laughs> it's it's similar to that, yes. Except that I misquoted it. <laughs> That's fine. No, if it had, if it had been about him killing Tommy Lee Jones's wife, that would have been a whole different dynamic, right? Wow. Well, they're still alive. Let's write this screenplay. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Uh, we're making Independence Day too. As the so- sky's the limit. As soon as we finish this podcast. Okay. Done and done. Uh, so Dad's passed out in a chair, which is not surprising. Oh, this, this is post Emily and Sophia trying to get mirror. Right. I'm right. just catching everybody up since we backtracked. Yeah. So, yeah, after that, Dad's passed out in a chair. Yeah, what do you... Somebody invent TV already! So, Mir comes in. Dad has no idea what time it is. Um, and he's like, all right, I'm going to drag you into bed, like you do with a drunk. Um, and his dad, though hammered, is trying to tell him to leave. It's like, you have to leave, you have to go. And I don't know if we covered this, but that guy, sinister, tiny hat guy... Right, we didn't. I thought there was going to be another scene, but there wasn't. No, he told dad that mm-hmm. he had seen mark's photo right in shipbuilder magazine yes yes uh meaning that somebody who knows that mark is in fact a catholic uh <laughs> whose name is something malone netflix yeah. tells us this malone the episode does not tell oh, us right uh that he has a different name. Yeah, it's Malone. You know, maybe an Italian person wrote these. Could be. You know, like maybe there was some miscommunication mm-hmm. between the production company and Netflix. Although that grave was of a Malone. Right, that was his mother. Right. Which, I mean, look, I kind of, I knew the gist. Like, mm-hmm. going into this, I knew that, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole deal was that he was a Catholic posing as a Protestant, blah, 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 yakety schmackety. Right. Uh, anyway, so the dad, though, has drinking so much to cope with the fact that he has to tell his son his pride and joy that some tiny-hatted you know, <laughs> right. beehole is going to like ruin his life, <laughs> yeah. that he can't even tell him the thing he wants to tell. It's like right. looking in a mirror to infinity. <laughs> it is. It's also a little odd to me, because like, Mark's been gone for a long time and has a different name. But this guy, just from this grainy shipbuilder photograph, knew it was him, which is a little weird to me. But narrative that, economy, narrative economy, this is the and Stars Network, and could potentially be explained later. Uh, that's true. We're only and on episode three. We are only on episode I three. I feel like these are really dense episodes. Yeah, could be. Weirdly, considering how poorly executed it is. Yeah, there's a lot of information. No, and I mean, a lot like of plot I, in every episode. Like I say, I can't even remember Nev Campbell and Chris Noth anymore. Oh, hardly. Oh, I know. 
We cut to the march. The march is getting started. And I was all like, I thought the march was on Saturday. Right. You know? Like, I totally thought it was on Saturday. And I was like, why are they leaving work? Right. It's because they, they work on Saturday. Right? Because, oh, like, it's before the labor <laughs> Right. Fucking working on a Saturday. Yeah. Ugh. If, if you don't work on Saturdays, listeners, it's because of unions. Yeah. Just FYI. If you do work on Saturdays. You and your retail and food service brethren should join together, form a union, and destroy retail in this country. Uh, here, here. Larkin addressing the crowd in very similar terms. <laughs> uh, and he's just, you know, just standard kind of labor oh, haranguing. Come on. He was more eloquent and he was wearing a vest. Look, I felt that Larkin's eloquence goes without saying at this point. <laughs> he's great. So, yeah, he gives them their pep talk and they, they march off chanting a fair day's wage for a fair day's work. I'm sure the uh, ominous violins underneath their chanting don't portend anything. I can't imagine they do. Right? Because violins aren't a uh, ominous <laughs> instrument whatsoever. Well, they're, they're pretty versatile, really. They are, and yet... They can be happy. The point is, it is ominous, and soldiers show up. Do uh, they ever. Yeah. Uh, Larkin, at the front of the march, is telling his people not to provoke them. And the soldier's like, you're not marching down this street. Go back down the other street. And uh, they're like, all right. You know, they're, they're keeping it cool. Uh, Mir shows up in the mar- at the march, just sort of looking around awkwardly. Here's the thing. Because the march got rerouted, it is my belief mar- that Mir was not going to the march any more mm. than Andrea was going to the march. When Andrea shows up later, mm. it's just that the march took a route that nobody was aware of you know and all they had was you know probably mm-hmm. a newspaper article that was like the march is expected to take this route could be although i don't know that that's i think that's that may be true of andrea but mirror why is he there and not looking at steel in his mirror cave like, i choose you know. to believe that he's chosen to go back to the house of beige all right well, he wasn't. Isn't he now just coming from where his father was? Because he told Emily and Sophia that he right. had to work. But then the next scene that we see of oh, him yeah. is that oh, he's yeah. in with All his right. dad. All right. No, you you've pieced it together there. Also, sidebar: musical theater lovers. <laughs> Sophia is such an Eponine. You all know what I mean. <laughs> People who don't know what I mean, go watch Les Mis and cry and cry. Uh, or 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 don't. Listen, That's just my personal. Do not listen to the infidel. <laughs> just because Russell Crowe sucked, you can't judge a whole thing. It was great. Les Mis was great. It's not the right venue for this discussion. You always say that. What <laughs> will be the right venue, Tom? We don't have another venue. This is the only <laughs> venue that we have. Um, up Yours Downstairs has mixed feelings on the subject of Les Mis. One of us is wrong, and it's Tom. <laughs> So the march has been redirected, and uh, however, they run into more soldiers on their new route, uh, a bigger group of soldiers. Although it looked like the same commanding officer to it, me. It did. But again, the show apparently is like really, really bad at casting people that don't, who don't look yeah. alike. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle there's not someone we're confusing for Mirror. <laughs> yeah. Andrea does show up looking confused in his first shot. Well, he always looks confused. Right. Uh, so the workers line up 
in front of the line of soldiers. Because um, Andrea's first shot is seeing Violetta there. I also don't know how Violetta got there because she's not really in the labor movement. Right. But she does show up there and Andrea grabs her and and drags her oh, away. Oh, you know, she probably went because Connor was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was chasing that dick, son. Yep. But yeah, the uh, the workers are all lined up in front of the soldiers, um, you know, just, just standing, you know, 12 inches in front of them and, and yelling um, and, you know, saying, you know, you don't have a right to do this, a lawful assembly, blah, blah, blah. And the head officer guy is like, all right, everybody, get your guns out, start advancing. Police are there as well. They start going in and, you know, billy clubbing people. The soldiers are you know, hitting are uh, hitting people with their guns and so forth. Uh, and suddenly there's a gunshot and Walter is shot. Like, point blank. Point blank, yeah. And look, I've had mixed feelings on Anna Gunn. Right. Like, as a character, mm-hmm. I think she's... Well, it's frankly because I don't like Anna Gunn that much. I think you... you I like yeah. Anna Gunn in Breaking Bad. Like, her character in Breaking Bad I'm fine with. Right. But I was always, like, really pissed off in Deadwood mm-hmm. because she kept... <sighs> Mrs. Garrett and uh, Seth Bullock apart. Oh, wow. Spoilers, but like seriously, have you not watched Deadwood yet? Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> but she just kills it. Like from this point on in this mm-hmm. episode, she kills it. Like yeah. as soon as he gets shot, she loses her fucking mind. She does. In a totally believable way, mm-hmm. if your spouse is like your jam. Yeah. And like the only person that understands you. Like if yeah. you got shot, mm-hmm. I would do exactly this. Mm-hmm. I would do exactly what she does. Yeah. It's uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Look, we both knew that Walter got shot. Right. Like, we saw an upcoming episode description, and we knew that he was going to get shot. And right. again, spoiler alert, how have you listened this far? <laughs> died. Right. But, like, we're still just, like, blown away yeah. by mm-hmm. how he died and her reaction to it. Yeah. Uh, the next shot we get is of Andrews running down the hall to Peary's office and he runs in and he says they deployed the army. And Peary is like, what? Yeah. Is just stunned. Yeah. Um, then we're back at the Silvestri's where uh, Andrea got hurt in in the... Yeah, you know. he, was, he was clubbed in the face. Mm-hmm. The uh, army was shown clearly targeting the men. Mm-hmm. They didn't touch the women. Because mm-hmm. Violetta was sitting right next to him. But mm-hmm. they just, you know, bashed him in the face. Yeah. More importantly... Uh, Muir grabbed Sophia after Walter was shot. She was like, Walter's been shot. Walter's been shot. He's like, you need to go. Yeah. No, I need to go there. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he gets her home. Yeah. And she goes in and starts tending to Andrea's wounds. Mm -hmm. And then he just kind of like slowly like backs out of the situation. Yeah. Nobody even like acknowledges that he's there. Right. And it's, you know, it's an interesting underscore to what uh, Anna Gunn was saying earlier about how he's not part of your world. Right. Well, and I will say too, you know, credit to the show, the whole confrontation and the way it was shot and everything, edited and everything was pretty solid uh-huh. in terms of just the the sort of chaos of the situation yeah. and everything like that. That was that was pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, they then cut to the hospital, and uh, the doctor brings out uh, like some of Walter's personal effects yeah, like or his something. Hat and his yeah, wallet and hands them to to Anna Gunn. No, yeah. he hands them to Connor because Anna right, Gunn. Right. Right. Yeah. Is freaking prostrate with grief. Yeah. Like, just holding on to her mother. Yeah. And just wailing. Yeah. Just wailing. Mm-hmm. And it's awful. And yeah. I was crying all the tears. Yeah. 
all the tears. Mm-hmm. I have none left. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. Yeah, like I super don't recommend watching this episode right after you went to see Fruitvale Station. <laughs> right. I super do not recommend this. Seconded. Yeah. Uh, so Mir arrives home at the Hattons, and Mrs. Hatton asks if he had, had gotten mixed up in it, and she says that she had heard from whatever her husband's name is, presumably. Mr. Hatton. Right, but she used his first name, I think. Asshole. <laughs> Ass Hatton. Ass Hatton. <laughs> Let's go with that. I like it. <laughs> um, but she had heard that the Catholics were causing trouble, and Muir, uh, you know, in a in a contained fashion, flips out and is like, "No, Catholics were just mar- marching. They weren't doing anything. They were just making a point. And it was the shoulder soldiers that shot and killed a teacher, a teacher with a wife." Show. This is a great, powerful moment. Would have loved to know that Walter was a teacher before he got shot. Right. That was the first we'd heard of it. Would have loved to know this. I love exposition when it's handled well. Yeah. Not in this case. No. Then we cut to Carlton's uh, study. Kitty shows in Peary, who is her godpapa, as it turns out. Um, But he is pissed he is livid y'all he is livid he is so mad yeah and also like henry you might want to get a better poker face yeah because it was your lack of poker face the other night that made him think something was up Mm -hmm. and it's your lack of poker face now that makes him know that you knew that the army was going to show up right and the thing about it is that carlton he didn't no per se because nobody said the words army to him you know and yeah. that's in his mind he's just they but said again when yeah. you say you want to take a firm hand what are you talking about yeah you're talking about killing someone to make an example yeah but this was some great Derek jacoby oh. like he hasn't had a you know really good scene yet and he, he's chewing it up here yeah and he is just angry and he says that's not my kind of politics yeah he was like there was no need for this Mm -hmm. and you know i mean and really the frustrating thing is it's not as if henry could have stopped it Mm -hmm. i mean they are Mm -hmm. both still minor lords living in belfast right right their idea of their own power is vastly i suspect overrated Mm -hmm. but yeah that was very enjoyable just to see him just go off yeah great yeah and then we get a shot that's just sort of a panorama of Belfast, blue as can be. Idea for the next Julie Taymor project. <laughs> Muir Man, turn off the blue. <laughs> turn it off. Turn off the blue. But see, again, his blue has seeped into the surrounding it, community. It has. He isn't even like a person that has convictions or anything. This concerns me. Yeah. No, this is like, it is like some kind of children's book where this blue person loses his blue and the blue goes everywhere. You mean powder? I never, I don't, hey, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know what powder's deal is. Well, I'm sorry that your life is pale and meaningless, like (laughs) powder himself. (laughs) 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 All right. In a street somewhere in Poor Town, a policeman is telling Michael that any anywhere that more than twelve people are gathered without a permit that that is an unlawful assembly. Uh, but more like where one or two are gathered in my name, God is there also, dickhead. Yeah, here, here. Uh, but what they are gathered for is Walter's funeral. 
you know, they get in the cop's face. Well, Connor gets in the cop's face, and uh, Michael is not quite as uh, much in his face. Connor but Connor says he'll burn his house down. He says he will find out where he and all of the other cops live and burn their houses down. And look, yeah. this is the only positive thing I'll say about Connor. Mm-hmm. He looks crazy enough to do it. He does. No, that is absolutely true. That is true. So, yeah, so Michael and Connor, good cop, bad cop, the cop. Yeah. And uh, it's basically, it's sort of well, tacitly. Well, man assists. Like, there's yeah, some that's old beardy guy, and he's like, let them bury this man. <laughs> that's, and they're like, fine, we'll let you bury this guy. Yeah. You know, <gasps> I mean, which, and I mean, I think, you know, like, it's not like the policemen leave. They're like. They're there. They're there. But then, so, the pallbearers all come out of the house with the coffin. Mm-hmm. And then comes mom mccann with emily still a freaking mess yeah like she is a disaster and Mm -hmm. i am crying yeah again all the tears yeah uh and then behind them come violetta and sophia Mm -hmm. and uh so they start walking and they get up to the line of policemen and the policemen are like all right whatever yeah like go on mix have your stupid funeral right uh, but then we see Muir show up. Yeah, he's uh, worn he's worn a gray coat over his blue, and so he's standing there. And Sophia notices that he's there. Also notices him crossing himself. Yeah, and it's like the smallest sign of the cross ever, but it's it's, it's noticeable it's, if a lady that wants to bang you is like looking at you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, bang you in the protection of Holy Mother Church. Oh yeah, yeah. Listen. Sophia's intentions are totally good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the Not... only reason that Mark is having sex with Kitty is because of the Protestant influence <laughs> over these many years. Protestant hussy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you're a Protestant, you're probably not a hussy. We're not saying that. <laughs> right. I know. Uh, then Michael McCann and Larkin are discussing what's happened, and, and Michael is very upset mm-hmm. and... You know, you know, not just because Walter is dead, but because the papers are saying that this was this uh, that was that it that it was a home rule march somehow mm-hmm. that somehow that was associated with it. And he says that they're never going to be able to unite now. That now that the the labor movement and home rule have been united, and they're never going to get people like say Jim mm-hmm. to march with no, them anymore. No, look, the whole point of the conflict between Catholics and Protestants is the home rule issue. Which, of course, Larkin knows this. Right. I think he could have handled this better, maybe. But also, like, his grief is really fresh. Yeah. So it's like, maybe now is not the time to be making, like, rational... Yeah. Like, points. I mean, you know... He just kind of soberly is like, you, you know, we knew there would be sacrifices. Yeah. And, I mean, look. You couldn't have asked for a better martyr. Yeah. That's as far tr- as this is concerned, like he was a nice man, he was an educated man, he had a wife, like yeah, he is he is a good symbol. Mm-hmm. I'm not advocating that anybody go out there and become a martyr, right? But like, if you're gonna have one, well, and if any of them would have chosen to be a martyr, he was kind of one of them. I mean, he was this. That's, I mean, he was a true believer. Yeah, he really was. Uh-huh. Well, and so is Emily. I'm really curious to see what happens to her mm-hmm. in the wake of this. Like, is her resolve strengthened? I, well, I guess that's the next scene. Right. Because we see her at his freshly dug fucking grave. Yeah. And she 
is no longer in tears. She is like stone cold. Bitchery pissed off. Yeah. And she walks away and the credits music comes up. Yeah. And it's like this violin thing. And it is exactly like a Batman origin story. It is crazy. Like it is exactly like it. And that is what I want this to be it's now. It's Batman a gun. <laughs> it is. That's what I want the rest of this series to be, is Anna Gunn, like, sneaking up behind Protestants at night and killing them. Yeah. And, like, like Hatton? That could be, or Carlton would be the big climactic yeah, duel between yeah, her yeah. and Carlton on the yeah, roof of his manor. Yeah, but this is a Batman story if she's actually killing people. Well, all right, that's Because fair. Batman always puts no, no, no. out. You're right, you're right. He's always like, no, like, that's what, like, separates us. So I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Like, you already have all the money in the world. Yeah, I guess Batman doesn't work if, like, the people you're fighting for have no legal rights whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't, you know, she wouldn't be able to, like, turn people over to the police. It's the police that are the problem. Man. No, but that but that ending, that final scene. Yeah, look. That final again, shot. this is like an 80% good show. Yeah, it, it really is. It is so close. Mm-hmm. It is heartbreaking. Yeah. How close they came to this being an amazing show. That would have totally legitimized the Stars Network. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know, again, three episodes in, and we have no idea what's going to happen. True, but I think that the problems that it has are endemic. I, I'm not I'm not optimistic that it's going to get better, yeah. but there's plenty of good stuff. I'm, and we're I'm gonna... very curious about whether Mark Muir gets outed as a Catholic, because he's definitely still in that room. Right. Uh, in the, the flashback that starts off the whole series. So right. if he does get outed as a Catholic, it's clearly not enough for him to lose his position. Well, I mean, again, if the person that got him his position is J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan doesn't give... He really doesn't care. Yeah. Like, he may have some anti-Catholic prejudice, because that did still exist in America, but not like it didn't, you know, well, not like it didn't. he's Belfast. also employing him in Britain. Right. He's not taking an American metallurgist's job. <laughs> right, right. Metallurgist yeah, I mean, may be one of the most difficult words to say. It's 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 no fun. It's not fun. Memo to the Stars Network. We do not like saying metallurgist. Yeah, why can't he just call himself Steel Guy? <laughs> <laughs> Have steel, will travel. Well, on that note, <laughs> I think it may be time to wind this down. I think you're uh, right. Thanks so much for joining and putting up with us. <laughs> uh, I promise the next podcast will be less freewheeling. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, they're all. This was great. This, I'm not saying. It I wasn't. don't think anybody's unhappy <laughs> except maybe the Protestants. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, until next time. Up, up yours, yours downstairs. downstairs. Luncheon owl. <laughs>